Welcome to Locked On Flames. Today we get you ready for sports in North America returning this weekend after a couple days of boycotts. Plus, our Gaudreau and Monaghan a package deal when it comes to the Flames' big offseason. And it's Friday, so we'll hand out our winners and losers of the week. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Labry. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Happy Friday, Sean. Yes, same to you, Jess. Excited for the weekend, a couple days off, and yes. hopefully watching some sports back or watching sports come back. But uh, <laughs> I think it's going to look a lot different than what we've been used to. What, what has it been? The last month, I guess. The last month yeah. and a bit. Uh, I think basketball is going to look a lot different. Um, you know, they've been like the, in terms of sports, the, the spear, the head of the spear in terms of um, the social justice movement and uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and all that. So uh, I'm sure they're just going to amplify everything to a, to the next degree, but what do you think hockey's going to look like? Because to me, like, now granted, I'm not the type of person who watches a pregame show or an mm-hmm. anthem during a, when I'm watching like a Flames game, let's say. So I, I really do pick it up right when it starts. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I may have missed some things. But to me, it feels like the NHL had their exhibition games and their early qualifying round games. And we saw some stuff during the anthems then uh, in, in terms of demonstrations and um, some Black Lives Matter uh, awareness. Uh, but it feels like it's gone really quiet since the playoffs have kind of, you know, picked up. Do you think now after a couple of days off and a couple of postponed games, do you think it's going to be a lot more uh, in the spotlight and a lot more on the forefront? I think so. Um, I really hope that they kind of, I, well, first I hope that it's player driven because I feel like if it's coming from the top, it's more of a, oh, we need to please the masses sort of thing. But if it's coming from the players, I think that, you know, there is some, like, actual, like, genuine care, which sounds, like, so awful to even say because they're not in charge of a business. So, but I really hope that, you know, we see, I mean, we talked about how it might be difficult to kneel in hockey equipment on the bench. Yeah. But, I mean, we've seen players um, like Tyler Sagan and Robert Leonard kneel so, like, when they're out on the ice. So maybe, you know, we see that. Um, again, maybe we see players using their press conference moments to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, shine light on things. And I noticed that, um, like, in the NBA, they I think it was the Lakers, they had um, hats that said, arrest the killers of Breonna mm-hmm. Taylor, which mm-hmm. is great. Like, yes, we need to be talking about that. That needs to happen. Like, is there something an NHL player or team or maybe not, they don't even have to be on the same team, but, like, something that they can do to raise awareness about just police brutality and just the awful climate that, unfortunately black people are in right yeah like all the hockey players have uh they they all have a platform obviously because they're Mm -hmm. millionaire like athletes um but i think different than the nba is you know hockey players for the most part have a platform to a different audience um and you know it's it's one of these messages where 
you know, kind of everyone needs to see it and, and, you know, not get on the same page, but at least like, you know, raise awareness and and get people going towards doing the right thing. So, um, you know, hockey using their platform to kind of shine the light towards a different audience than the NBA, because, uh, you know, it's, it's a completely different group of people. Like there's, there's obviously people like you and I that cross over Mm -hmm. and we watch everything. Right. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people in Canada that just watch only hockey uh, and, you know, this is an issue that does stretch into Canada. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. it's one of these things that if we can get the whole world on the same page, it'd, it'd be awesome. It'd be nice. Um, so, you know, it's good start good to start in Canada. And, and, you know, the NHL has obviously the largest platform uh, on that front. So, yeah, you know, I, I do think it's going to be um, a lot more on the forefront uh, during mm-hmm. games and after games and in press conferences, like you mentioned. Um, and, and you also mentioned that it's player driven. And, you know, I think that's a a great point to bring up is that the, the boycotts and the postponed games, those were player driven. Like that wasn't the NHL um, mm-hmm. trying to save their brand after um, kind of a week night when the NBA postponed their games. Right. So it was, it was the players making a choice and leading the charge and, you know, collaborating um, with different players on different teams and, and ultimately leading to boycott games. So um, that, Big, like the one big step was player driven, which is a great uh, thing to see. So I, I guess I would just expect uh, the players to kind of continue this momentum. Because uh, like I said, they have a, they have a platform to a, a different group of people than the NBA. And if we can get as many people as possible uh, doing the right things, you know, kind of in their life and, and having the right conversations, then it's one of those, the more the merrier situations, mm-hmm. the Absolutely. more the better. So, um, But it'll be a, a busy weekend. Like I'm sure the players right now are, maybe today they're kind of formulating what they want to do, but you know, then tomorrow it's, it's going to be back to, you know, game day focus, I guess, for them um, because the Bruins and lightning, they'll, they'll start the, the return. They play at noon Eastern tomorrow. It's game four of their series where Tampa is up two to one. Uh, the Islanders and flyers also uh, play. They play at seven o'clock in Toronto. Um, and then the Canucks and golden Knights play at nine forty-five in Edmonton. Both those series are tied one, one. And then on Sunday, uh, the final series that needs to be checked off would be the Stars and the Avalanche. Um, they play on Sunday. Uh, that's game four in their series with Dallas up being 2-1 as well. So, you know, it's it's kind of like a, this is, you know, we talk about like the struggles of playing back-to-back games. Like this would be a complete whole new thing that no one's really gone through before where mm-hmm. you go from that playoff intensity to a screeching stop for a reason not hockey related at all. And then, you know, 48 hours later, you kind of have to pick it back up and get back into things again with the new kind of added layer of, you know, trying to figure out how you want to support a a movement that is not really related to hockey at all, but you want to take advantage of the platform you have. So it'll be an adjustment for the players, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm thinking that they went four months without four or five months without playing hockey. So, well, it's just another 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but, um, there, there could be some, you know, we always talk about the rest and the benefit of a couple yeah. of days off, right? So, uh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think uh, Boston desperately needed it, especially after losing by a whole, like, touchdown. Seven to one, I think that was. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. Oh, that was so hard to watch. Yeah. But, um, you know, I actually saw a tweet that said, like, it was – it wasn't even by like an insider or anything, but um, they were like, "Oh yeah, there's talks of the Bruins games starting at 8 a.m." And everybody quote tweeted it with like, "It's 10 a.m. and I'm not even out of bed yet." Right. So thankfully, we aren't doing 
any of that. But I'm excited to kind of have like that full day of hockey back. Yeah, no, it's like that's kind of what I mentioned it yesterday. Like it's so easy for these leagues just because they are they're all in the same location. They're all in a bubble. It's so easy just to push the schedule mm-hmm. back two days. Right. And if you need to do it again, um, you know, if the players want to boycott again, you know, for if, if another incident comes up or they just feel like the awareness isn't there anymore and they want to, you know, kind of jolt that awareness back into the, the, the public mindset. Um, then, you know, the NHL, it's, it's easy just to bump the schedule another couple days, right? Like we're not in any rush here to get to the next season because there's obviously going to be an off season in between with the draft and the free agency yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's not like we're in any specific rush. Sure. It costs the NHL money because they have to, you know, house these players and feed these players and all the staff that surrounds every team. So, uh, it costs the league money, but you know, I'm sure it's a small price to pay for yeah. obviously a, a cause for the greater good. So, It'll be an interesting weekend. Definitely one to, to tune into, not just in hockey, but in ba- basketball and baseball as well. And, and now we're even getting some talks about the NFL and what the players have planned in that league as well, which was obviously the, that's kind of like the, if you're having a four course meal, the, NF, the NFL is the entree. And that's the yeah. one that will have the most eyes on it, I guess. So uh, it'll be, it's very interesting. This is not going away by any means. So it'd be an interesting next couple of months and, and sports is kind of, doing great work for, you know, it's not really the athlete's job to be the social justice warriors, but no one else is doing it. So uh, exactly. And they are doing the right thing. Um, like I saw somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday talking about how, oh, how are athletes supposed to solve racism overnight? It's like, they're not, that's not mm-hmm. the point you guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think if people are more upset about a 48 hour pause, than, you know, the awful things that have happened that are happening, then they need to take a look in the mirror and do a little self-reflecting. Exactly. Exactly. That's what's all, that's what it's all about. So uh, still to come, we will shift away and get back into the flames. Um, if Johnny Goudreau, we've talked a lot about him and the potential of him being traded out of Calgary. If that were to happen, does that mean Sean Monahan has to go as well? Um, we'll get into that next. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. And Built Bar is changing the game when it comes to your standard protein bar. You know, we think of the standard protein bar and it's kind of chalky and a little the texture is not all that great and the taste isn't all that great uh, but that's where built bar comes in built bar has the same uh, nutritious value of your typical protein bar but it has the taste of a chocolate bar and jess you've had one of these before yes. is this like a, a scam are they trying no. to pull the hood over our eyes when they say it tastes like a chocolate bar or does it actually taste like a chocolate bar it actually tastes like a chocolate bar like i promise awesome. That's amazing. I need more healthy food that actually tastes like a chocolate bar. Maybe some like vegetables that taste like chocolate bar or, <laughs> or something like that. But um, Built Bar is changing the game. And I've, I've recently been in a trend of packing a protein bar in my lunch mm. when I go to work for like the last couple of weeks. And I had to like mo- or kind of wander around the grocery store aisles for, for, I felt like hours, trying to find something that actually tastes good. Um, but, you know, also had a little bit of protein in them. So now yeah. Built Bar is my new go-to. They have 18 amazing flavors, you know, the 12 original ones that we all know and love, uh, but also the six new flavors, um, such as cookies and cream and caramel brownie and carrot cake and apple almond crisp. So like I said, a total of 18 flavors to choose from. They'll have everything, uh, no matter what your taste may be. 
you can lose, maintain, or gain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Uh, the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. If you are the type that kind of tracks uh, what you're eating and wants to know kind of all the all the stats behind the food, uh, let's just look at the cookies and cream bar, for example. It's 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. And while the supplies last, you'll also get a free cooler with your purchase when you go to BuiltBar.com. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that is all one word, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This is not a one-time thing. You can use that uh, that promo code and get $10 off uh, for as long as you'd like, pretty much, as long as the promotion is still good. So uh, not just a one-time offer. It's $10 off at BuiltBar.com when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That is all one word. And next, I want to tell you about my friends at Roman. Uh, now, talking about erectile dysfunction, you know, it's not an easy conversation to have. Uh, you know, guys are, I don't know about the guys in your life, Jess, but if, if you, do you ever have to tell a guy to kind of go to the hospital and get something checked out and they just say, <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't want to go. Yes. Uh, my yes. boyfriend is uh, very big on avoiding the doctors at all costs. There we go. I'm in the same boat. I've been told to go get something checked out multiple times for d- different things, like you know, not erectile dysfunction. Of it's, it's you know, just the little things, and you know, yeah, I don't, don't want to go. Like, what? It's kind of a waste yeah. of my time. Yeah, um, it'll figure itself out. But Roman has kind of changed the game, and and it's all it's something you can do from the comfort of your own home, uh, just nice and easy on your laptop. Uh, it's Roman's designed to make something that's hard to talk about, easy to talk about, um, go with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe you the real medication. It is simple. It is safe. It is totally discreet with Roman. You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman can ship that to you with their free two day shipping. So you don't even have to wait for it at all. The whole process, nice and straightforward. It's simple. It's discreet. Uh, to get started, just go to getroman.com slash NHL and complete your online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there is Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash NHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order for an ED treatment. That is getroman.com slash NHL. getroman.com slash NHL. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto, and Sean is at Sean underscore Lavery. So we have done a lot of harping on, you know, the future of Johnny Gaudreau, the present Johnny Gaudreau, the past. But what we haven't really talked about another key component, and that would be Monaghan. Right. Like, it seems, from at least from the fan base perspective, there's a large group of people or a very vocal group of people that say, you know, it's it's time to move on from Goudreau and Calgary. Um, but there's been a lot less buzz, practically no buzz, at least from from what I've been listening mm-hmm. and watching and, and reading about, about Sean Monaghan. Um, so my kind of natural question would be, like, if Goudreau is to be moved, like a lot of people are calling for, does that mean the same thing has to happen to Monaghan or because of all the, you know, kind of quietness around Monaghan, does that mean he's, you know, more likely to stay in Calgary? Um, just if, if we have a bunch of options, we have Goudreau leaves, Monaghan stays. We have Monaghan leaves, Goudreau stays. We have, they both leave. We have, they both stay. Which of those things 
like just using an unbiased opinion is, do you think is the most likely to happen? Like just knowing what you know about the flames and about tree living, which of those four options do you think is the most likely? I feel like it'll be Monaghan that's moved. If anyone's moved, I just, I don't know. I really think that they, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I can't get into anybody's head, but you know, Goudreau's comments earlier this week about how he wants to stay and things like that, I think, you know, maybe shifted the conversation a little bit. But I personally think that they, I don't know. I I do think it'll be Monaghan of the two that are moved. Right. Well, the way I read the situation, uh, you know, not my opinion, but the way I Mm -hmm. I think if I had to, you know, kind of gamble and, and... bet how the future looks. I think it's it's Goudreau to leave and Monaghan to stay. Um, I think that, you know, Monaghan is a easier player to kind of compliment. And, you know, what I mean by that is if, mm-hmm. let's say you trade Goudreau for another, you know, offensive player who has some talent, you can put them right next to Sean Monaghan on, on his wing. Um, and it's, it's just kind of like trading out one offensively skilled guy with another to see if the chemistry is, you know, better or different, or maybe, you know, a little bit more punch behind it, especially come playoff time. Um, plus, you know, the, the center position that Monaghan plays is, it's more valuable, like just straight up. It's more valuable than the wing. It's, it's harder to find a good number one center than a good number one winger. Right. So, um, the Flames have a good one in Monaghan. Uh, there's been lots of talk if he was to go to a team like Pittsburgh of, of Sean Monaghan being a great second-line center. Uh, but, you know, there's only a few kind of teams that would be able to support Monaghan in a second-line center role. There's a lot more teams that would, if they had Sean Monaghan, they would have him like the Flames as their first-line center. So uh, because Monaghan's easier to compliment and, you know, he plays that valuable position, I think he he's far likely to stay than, than go. Um, but you know, if, if the flames were to get their doors blown off with an amazing offer for either Goudreau or Monaghan or, or potentially both, um, obviously you'd have to take that deal. Uh, but just kind of the way I see things playing out, you know, I would far more likely to say that Monaghan stays than leaves. Um, Goudreau a little bit more questions around that, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he is also Goudreau. If there's a case for him to stay, he's that kind of guy that would, you know, sells tickets and sells jerseys. Uh, he's been the the city's superstar for a couple of years now. So, um, but there is a lot of people calling for him to leave. So we will see how it goes. That's what yeah. we think is, you know, well, if we had to, you know, guess how the future is going to play out, um, that's what we think is going to happen. What do you like want to see happen? If you were the ones kind of pushing the buttons and pulling the levers and making things go, how would you handle this? It's so hard because like they're both excellent hockey players. And you obviously don't want to see either of them go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like a special friendship. Yep. That's true. So, you know, you obviously like, you hate to see that, you know, dissipate with someone's departure. But I guess, like, realistically, like, I guess I would want to see Gaudreau go because, you know, I think that it's just more of like a mental thing for him right now in Calgary. I really do. Right. Yeah. See, there's a thousand reasons why I'm not an NHL GM. Um, (laughs) One of them is that like, I have no backbone to kind of put my neck on the line and, and really make things happen. So I think if I was running the team, 
I would probably keep Goudreau and Monaghan um, for one more year. I would be the classic GM of, you know, oh, just one more year. Let's try it for one more year. Yeah. And then I I'd keep <laughs> saying that until I got fired, uh, which would be very, very, very quick. So, um, you know, if the way I would want to see it happen, uh, maybe Goudreau and Monaghan are kept around. Um, you know, Elias Lindholm is, I think, you know, there's no chatter around him. There's even less around Lindholm than there is around Monaghan because I think a lot of people want to see Lindholm stay in Calgary. Um, and he's one of those players, and we saw it in the playoffs, he can, you know, get along with anyone, <clears throat> excuse me, and play with anyone. So, um, you know, another year of Goudreau and Monaghan with Lindholm, um, it's not a bad thing, especially in the regular season, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think everyone knows that. We all kind of have forgotten about it really is, you know, in the regular season, you know, kind of except for this year where they were, you know, a little quiet, um, Goudreau and Monaghan have been a great duo. And then when Lindholm was brought in, it, it gets even better. So, um, you know, if I was running the team, I would probably, you know, take the coward stance of one more year of let's just see if we can make it work. Uh, and, you know, there's also the option too, of if you keep the players, but change the coach, um, you know, that can really change a lot of things as well. Cause every coach has a different philosophy on how things work. So, um, you know, bringing in a new coach, your team might look a lot different, even though your roster on paper looks exactly the same. So there's lots of options. I, I think the least likely scenario is that they're both moved. Um, mm-hmm. But the most likely scenario is somewhere in the middle where probably one goes and one stays. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, I definitely don't see a scenario where they both go. I, um, I, I don't know. I guess it would just have to be a ridiculously good offer not to turn down. Right. Right. Or Tree Living wants to do a like full yeah. rebuild. Right? Yeah. Like, tear I, the I, whole thing down. But I don't know how much that, that is an option right now. Yeah, I really don't know. And I saw like I always reference like these Facebook groups on this show, but like last night I was scrolling, I couldn't sleep, and it was like two AM here, so it was midnight. So, you know, this person could have been sleep deprived. Uh, if they're in Calgary, who knows? But they said they listed off like four players, including Gaudreau and Monahan, for uh, in exchange for Jack Eichel. Oh yeah, yeah, I think I saw that too, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I couldn't help but just like laugh because I was like, "What on earth is this? Like, please." I was listening but, to sports radio in Calgary this morning, driving home and a listener texting the show and it made me laugh was send Goudreau and Monaghan to the Islanders in exchange for Barry Trotz. <laughs> like, that, made, that made me laugh. Like people are just, you know, they're coming up with everything right now. They so, are. Um, we'll see what tree living's coming up with. I've heard the Craig Conrad back to that morning radio show was on this morning, uh, the assistant GM of the flames. And he said tree living's been on the phone basically since the flames have been eliminated. So wow. uh, we saw one trade in, already between Toronto and Pittsburgh after both those teams were eliminated. So, you know, the teams who are not playing right now, we're, you know, obviously talking and seeing what's going on. It doesn't sound like the teams in the bubble playing playoff hockey still are, are as active on the phones. They're kind of focused obviously on the task at hand, but Sounds like Tree Living's been been busy and it's going to be busy, uh, you know, right up until the draft and free agency and, and into next season. Uh, coming up next, though, Jess and I, it's Friday. It's the end of the week. So we will hand out our winners and losers of the week. Who had a good week and who had a bad week? Uh, we will tell you next. But first, it is time to tell you about DoorDash. And DoorDash is the super easy, super great, super safe uh, food delivery app that you can download on your phone. Uh, today is Friday, Jess. I keep coming up with excuses to order DoorDash. <laughs> the last two days has been 
well, the last three days was two days I was off work, so I don't, I'm off work, I'm not cooking. Uh, yesterday was I worked, so I'm not cooking. Today is Friday, and, you know, Friday's a, a yeah. good excuse as any. What's kind of like if you're having some friends over, it's Friday night, little party night, maybe watch mm. a movie or something like that. What are you getting from DoorDash? Nachos, definitely some pizza, some nachos, just like little, like, I don't, like finger foods, I guess. Finger foods, yeah. 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 That's a good Friday plan, I think. Uh, DoorDash is a great um, selection of food. If you want the Chinese or the pizza that just mentioned, even something like frozen yogurt they have as well uh, to kind of satisfy your sweet tooth, there is something for everyone on DoorDash. And another great aspect of DoorDash that you might not even think about while you're ordering your food is that you get to support your local restaurants in your community who have obviously been going through a tough year. Uh, a lot of restaurants still not open and still not having you know dine-in uh, service. Um, but when you order on DoorDash, you'd still get to obviously contribute uh, a couple bucks to your local businesses in your community. Uh, DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Uh, DoorDash has over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. And you can support, like I mentioned, your local go-to's or choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, uh, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. That is all one word. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. All right. It's the fun Friday winners and losers of the week segment. Um, I feel like we need like a theme song for this. Mm. <laughs> it's just so like, it's a great segment. Yes. So this week was a little bit, I don't want to say chaotic because chaotic is not the right word. It's, it was different than our past few Fridays. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we have a fair amount of, you know, things to pick from for our winners and losers. Who do you have as your winner, Sean? I'm going to go with the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Um, like I mentioned yesterday, it's a brand new group and organization um, that is, you know, led by players like Akeem Alou, uh, even some current players like Wayne Simmons and Evander Kane. You know, lots of great current and former uh, NHL players um, heading up the Hockey Diversity Alliance. And in their first few months of, of being organized, um, they're already enacting some great change. They've, they've sent, like I mentioned, the big list yesterday of requests to the league uh, for things that they can do to, you know, help hockey really be uh, a leader in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and it's, it's, it's a great thing to see. I, I, I wonder, too, you know, they're doing such great work. I wonder if it's only a matter of time until, you know, Gary Bettman in the NHL um, brings the Hockey Diversity Alliance on board um, as, you know, a, a, a key part of, you know, the league's kind of front office group. And um, it'd be great if, if, they, if the two can work together, whether, you know, the Hockey Diversity Alliance is, is employed by the NHL or not, uh, or if they're separate. But um, shout out to the Hockey Diversity Alliance. They're my winner of the week for uh, being such a young organization that's already making such a big impact in a, in a sport that could definitely use um, some diversity and, and some awareness around this issue. Absolutely. And I feel like 
you said, it's only a matter of time before they get brought on to, you know, a bigger part of the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have the Western Conference uh, press conference from yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yes, it was yesterday. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Sean, but basically it was um, all the players or a bunch of them standing together with uh, Ryan Reeves and Nazem Kadri and really, you know, showing their support for the players of color. And I thought that it was, it was great to see that kind of unity. Yeah, that was, it's, it was such a great image, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. you don't even need to listen to the press conference. If, if you just look at the image, you know, um, it kind of, it's like the classic cliche of a, of a picture <laughs> speaks a thousand words. And, um, it's something that we haven't seen from hockey. Like I remember the when Matt Dumba and the Wild were still playing mm-hmm. hockey this year. It was it was Matt Dumba uh, raising his fist and, and having his own demonstration, and then the rest of the team, you know, they were there, but they weren't. It doesn't seem like they were, you know, clearly, you know, backing up Matt Dumba behind him. And, yeah, and exactly. But uh, that Western Conference press conference—that's uh, what we need to see more of. I think. How about Absolutely. your loser, Jess? Do you want to transition into your loser of the week? Ugh, the Eastern Conference press conference was so <laughs> depressing. Um, you know, I saw a tweet that said the Bruins didn't have an American player to send out there. It's like, they, besides, I think it was every team besides Philly sent out their captain. So that's why Chara, <laughs> the non-American, was out there. Right. But it was just... It had that, you know, that stuffy press conference vibe, just like in a boardroom, kind of like, you know, we're just here to talk. Marshawn Lynch, we're here so we don't get fined. Exactly. And it just, Mm. it just disappointing all around. What about you? My loser of the week, I'm going to stick with the Eastern (laughs) Conference, I guess, as well. But, you know, when Vancouver advanced and was the only Canadian team left in round two of the NHL playoffs, a lot of the people that I worked with in Toronto started tweeting about how they hate that Vancouver um, still being alive in the playoffs has resulted in like, you know, some 1030 start times for Canucks games in the East uh, and things like that. And they're just like, Hey, like I want to watch the Canucks, but be able to go to bed. And my whole thing thought is like, dude, who cares about you in the East? Uh, they're <laughs> scheduling these times so that Canucks fans can watch their team in, in, in the prime time. Right. So um, just classic. There's a big thing in Canada. I don't know if you if you know about it too much. Where everyone who's not in Toronto hates Toronto, um, and this is just like classic. It's, it's not just Toronto that's guilty of this, but it's classic Torontonians wanting everything to be about them. Um, <laughs> even though it's the Canucks on the West Coast who are the only team alive in the playoffs, uh, we should still cater towards the Toronto fan base, which no. is not true at all. So, uh, you know, especially since they're playing <laughs> Vegas as well, Vegas and Vancouver being in the same time zone, I believe. Uh, it makes perfect sense to have that 10.30 Eastern start. Who cares if, if the guy in Toronto is not watching the Canucks game? But it's about servicing the Canucks fans and the Golden Knights fans. So uh, this conversation comes up a lot, especially with Connor McDavid. You know, if he plays on Saturday night, the Toronto fans don't want to, to have to stay up to watch Connor McDavid. And it's like, dude, if you, you want to, you know, watch hockey in prime time, maybe, you know, have the Maple Leafs advance further than, than they have the last few years so it just drives me nuts whenever this conversation comes up yeah. so that is my loser of the week anyone who tweeted a similar thing like that i mean i'm definitely guilty of it um more so with the flames uh when they played in 
you know, when they played uh, Dallas, only because I was tired <laughs> and it yeah. was hot. Yeah. And I was like, no, I just, I want to go to bed. But, you know, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why Toronto fans have to be like this because, you know, the, the Toronto fans are just insufferable. <laughs> It's insane. It drives me nuts. It it's, it's insane. Um, yes. Do you want to do a quick shout out here before we wrap up? Yes. Um, I have a lot of friends who have gone back to college and are actually doing fully remote learning. So shout out to everybody going back to school and attending Zoom University. Um, props to you guys because I could never. No, I would be so bad at online school. I like I did, I did one course in high school online. And it was grade 12. It was art class. I did art class online. It was the biggest joke going. It was so fun. Um, I did no work until the last week of the semester. Um, and it was just me and a bunch of my friends in online art. And it was a, another spare period for us where we got to do absolutely nothing. Um, so, you know, that was one class that was just a, an extra class. It doesn't really matter. I was in it for the credits. Uh, and it was high school. So I could not imagine exactly. doing university online. I, I think no. it'd be really hard to do well in that scenario for me. Um, so shout out to everyone who, like you mentioned, is going through it and, and giving it you know, their best go and make, trying to make the best out of a tough situation. Uh, my shout out, I'm going to go with all the sports broadcasters who have you know, handled um, a really tough few months, not just with the pandemic, but you know, once George Floyd, the, the murder happened and everything that's kind of trickled out since with Black Lives Matter, like a lot of people got in sports to have fun and, you know, not talk politics or, or talk news. Uh, but now it's unavoidable. And a lot of people have made a really smooth transition. I don't want to get into like naming names of all the people mm -hmm. uh, that I've really enjoyed just because there is so many, but um, shout out to everyone who is trying their best and, and saying all the right things and really trying to be a positive change while they're on TV or on radio or doing a podcast. Um, because, you know, we did one show yesterday where, and even a little bit today, and, you know, it's, it's hard for me because I'm not used to talking politics. Like this is kind of the stuff that, you know, this is why I'm into sports. Like I mentioned, just to, you know, have fun and, and talk about trades and kind of complain about power plays, not doing well and all those sort of things. So shout out to everyone. You know, there's many examples at ESPN and as well as TSN here in Canada, as well as Sportsnet uh, all over. Like there's been a bunch of great examples at many different networks of sports broadcasters who have, handled a tough topic and a tough time uh, really well. So shout out to those people. Yes, I give them a lot of credit because, you know, you go into uh, this field with, you know, the expectation of talking about sports and your favorite leagues all day. And, you know, lately we've had to tackle some really uncomfortable conversations, but those uncomfortable conversations are ones that need to be had. So there we go. That is our winners and losers of the week. Uh, coming up next week, we're going to recap, obviously, what's going to be a busy weekend in the NHL with plenty of games going on the next two days. And as always, we'll keep you caught up on all things Flames as this offseason slowly marches on. It's going to be a long way towards the end of December or January. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Jess is at Jessica Belmosto. I'm at Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each day. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to Locked on Bruins with Ian McLaren after he had former NHL referee Paul Stewart on his podcast this week. Uh, that was a great and interesting conversation so go ahead and listen to locked on bruins jess thanks for today enjoy your weekend and we'll Thank talk you. on monday yes see you then all right good stuff oh, jess thanks so much fun. for uh